Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up, War Report family? It's your guy, Ike Jones. Man, we are here. Another morning drop. We're trying to talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament. Auburn, a ninth seed in Birmingham facing Iowa. This is a more exhaustive uh, conversation about it. We talked about it a little bit last night, but hey, man, we need to dive a little bit deeper. Y'all know what time it is. Let's go ahead and drop it on them. Morning drop time, Monday, March the 13th. Your man Ike Jones here with B-Will talking a little March Madness. Auburn going dancing despite a lot of people's uh, insistence that we would be headed to the NIT. We are here. Time to get to it. B-Will, how you feeling this morning? Feeling all right, man. It's wild. The preseason number one. Didn't yeah, even didn't make even the tournament, make yeah. and then declined the NIT invite. It was like, hey, listen, man, we didn't, we we don't deserve it. We're not doing nothing this all season, but regrouping. Wow, and here Auburn is with uh, losing a lot of talent. Didn't get exactly what they need in the off season, but we here, man, we here with an opportunity to to play a team who is listen. We don't have to be a top ten team to be in the tournament. This is supposed to be the sixty eighth best. Yeah, there are twenty to thirty teams worse than Auburn. Glad we in the field, get a chance to get some wins and show that Bruce has been doing a very good coaching job this year. Yeah. Considering the talent he has. Yeah, listen, man. Coach Pearl has has done an amazing coaching job this year. I just I understand the deficiencies that but this this is what I've been saying is that the deficiencies that people see or perceive has been the way Coach Pearl has been coaching his entire career. Like this isn't. He didn't just all of a sudden start saying, I trust my guards to go down here and make a shot at the end of the game. He right. didn't all of a sudden start not calling timeouts when other teams were making runs. He didn't all of a sudden start doing any of the number of things that people have complained. Oh, Coach Pearl isn't like, y'all just started watching basketball, huh? Like you yeah. just, you you didn't, you didn't recognize them as deficiencies because right. he got away with it, right? Because like, it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's always been a thing that he's done. Yeah. Um, I guess one could say, well, it's time to change it because it's not working this season. Um, but I don't know. There, there's a nuance to that conversation, and we can definitely have it. We're talking basketball because Auburn's dancing, baby. As somebody, again, there is there is one handsome fella with a nice uh, salt and pepper beard that said, that this was how it was <laughs> how this was gonna go. You know what I'm saying? This I said yeah. how this was gonna go. 
a few things that I would like to come back and do a look quick victory dance before we talk about okay. the game. Probably before I think before the season even started, the question was asked of us: Would Auburn be back as a number one overall ranking at some point during this season? I said I don't think so. Um, it's difficult to do that, and we haven't built that kind of pedigree yet in the program. We lost a lot in this offseason, and I said, in fact, I expect for Auburn to lose at least 10 games this season. Auburn yes. lost 11. Yes, you were you were very consistent with that. I said that before the, before I saw them play. This is before we even went to Israel mm-hmm. I about my expectations for this season. I also said very early in this season that I thought Missouri was going to be a good team in this conference. I think Missouri proved yeah. me. I also yeah. said very early in this season, guys, I think Bama's actually really good this year. Like, I know y'all don't want to hear this, but they can actually play basketball. They're better than last year's team, and they're going to be able to play a little bit better defense. They could always score. Bama's going to be good this year. It happened. Yeah. I also said very early in this season, and I still believe this to be true despite what happened in the tournament that I think Texas A&M is going to be a very good team this year. And I still think that they are one of the more talented teams in this league. Absolutely. Absolutely. They are. They, I, Buzz is a good coach. Good He's coach. a coach I've been watching since he was coaching at Marquette. I think he went from Marquette to Virginia Tech to Texas A&M is, I think, the path he took. But regardless, he his teams have been playing like this, the way Texas A&M plays. Mm-hmm. since he was at Marquette, which is when I yeah. knew that he was a coach. He's a good coach. He is a coach. I would put him in the category of a Bruce Pearl. Now, he hasn't had the success where Bruce Pearl's done it with two different SEC teams, took two different teams to the Sweet 16. He hasn't done that yet. But Bruce yeah. is still, no, excuse me, a buzz is that caliber of coach. Texas A&M has a good one. We're going to have to be jockeying with them for a, for a good long while here. And we we can tip our hat to people when they're good. I know a lot of people got their feelings hurt because they took us out of the tournament that, that first game last year. Listen, I don't, I don't have any malice for somebody actually being good. If you're good, you're good. I just want to beat the teams that are good. So we can give them their, their flowers and their respect. And you were, you were right on with that one. Texas saying that was a good team. Listen, man, let's, I, you boy, I ain't going to steal you wrong about basketball. I'm not. The basketball is now, I know football, but I love basketball. I ain't going to steal you wrong about no basketball stuff, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so let's talk about this game. If you guys follow me on Twitter, again, uh, the at handle's right down here in the bottom corner. But if you follow me on Twitter, I threw out a bunch of stats last night, a bunch of things. I was just going through trying to find information on Iowa. What have they done this season? What have they done uh, relative to like looking at Auburn's resume? And a couple of things that I found that were interesting, right? Okay. So Auburn has... Um, and I think we are tied for Justin Ferguson, I think, confirmed this on Twitter for the most number of games versus teams that made it to the tournament with 17, 17 games versus tournament qualified opponents. Auburn went seven and 10 in those games. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty like for for people who have been repeating that Auburn plays a fluff schedule. I don't know how you can look like there, there are people who said oh, Auburn hasn't played anybody when we were out of conference. Uh, Colgate, Northwestern, Memphis, USC, all made the tournament. Yeah. Teams that Auburn played. Yeah. Went two and two versus those teams. Auburn played all of those teams. Mm. So SEC. Wait, I, St. Louis didn't make it? 
No, they didn't. Ah, uh, I thought they. Okay, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't check on their conference. I didn't know if they made it or not. Yeah, okay. no, nah, they did. But I mean, St. Louis is in one of those conferences that you've got to win the tournament in order to get the the bid. Like, I don't think that they played well enough in the season to get some sort of automatic berth via their their resume. Um, right. They would have needed to beat us, right? Like, they they would have needed to do some other things to to bolster their resume, and then they didn't win their conference. So, yeah, uh, St. Louis did not get the bid. Mm-hmm. But um. But again, St. Louis, another good t- quality team out of conference that Auburn played. Like they're not an easy out by any means. Um, when you look at Iowa, though, Iowa had eleven games against teams qualified for the conference. Now, to, to be fair, a lot of this is bolstered by the fact that Auburn plays in the SEC, and the SEC had eight teams get in. Right, right, like, right. You play all of those teams, some of those teams multiple times, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Alabama played twice, Arkansas played twice. So that does increase the number that we get to have as far as people who are qualified for the tournament. Let's make, make, make no mistake about that. But it does show, again, the strength of Auburn in conference doing fairly well. I mean, we could have definitely done better within conference, but doing fairly well within conference against those teams and Iowa playing less teams that were qualified outside of conference. The only non-conference opponent I think that Iowa had on their schedule that they played uh, that tournament qualified was Duke and they lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think back through. No, excuse me. They played Southeastern Missouri State as well, which Simone, is one of yeah, the... Okay. Um, one of the field of 68 teams so they're in that final or that that bottom that last four in play-in game mm-hmm. um and they they won that game so they had two opponents that were outside only common opponent being northwestern which is a big 10 team as well um they split their games against northwestern auburn won our game against northwestern so um there is some commonality amongst opponents and 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 you know strength of schedule auburn has a, a, a tougher strength or higher strength of schedule rating um the one thing I will say about this Iowa team when looking at them that Auburn fans should be, I guess, worried about is they like to play with pace. They mm-hmm. want to get uh, they they really want to push the tempo yeah. and they they score the basketball a lot. They like mm-hmm. to get out there and transition. The reason why I say we should be worried about that is just watching what we just did against Arkansas mm-hmm. and seeing how Arkansas would push even after misses. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, I was going to push after makes. Like, mm-hmm. make basket. They're going to push the tempo. They want to get into the half court and score early. Auburn's going to need to play really solid transition defense and then gather rebounds. Yes. You, you play solid transition defense and you get the rebound, it could get ugly quickly because their possessions are going to be short, right? They're going right. to short possessions. And you go down here on the other end and you don't turn the ball over and you grind down the clock on the opposite end, that's your path to victory. Get yep. back on defense, secure the defensive rebound. Like offensive rebounds doesn't need to be like a high priority for Auburn in this game. And that sounds crazy to say, but just get a quality look. You miss, get back. Yeah. Because they're going to want to push tempo. If you can grind it into a half-court game, I think you have an opportunity to beat Iowa handily as long as you're keeping the number them off of the offensive glass. Yeah. Have you had an opportunity to look at Iowa at all since the uh, announcement, or have you look, looked at them at all this season? I, I've been them a couple times, so I was keeping up with the games and high-scoring team. Their their games were bet to hit the over. Um, Auburn's over-under, depending on who we play, was going to be anywhere between upper 120s um, for a total between both teams in that game or lower 140s is kind of where we peaked at. Iowa's was constantly in the 150 and above their point total, which means 
they were going to not only score, but they're going to give up points as well. Because again, they're they're scoring quickly, so they're giving the ball back. Other teams get a chance to do more scoring than they usually do for that reason. So pace of play was faster. And so here's here's where we talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday. We were talking about football, but we were talking about how if should you be balanced and what the value of balance is in offense, right? Specifically, if you run the ball, everybody's, oh, we need to run the ball. What if you're not built to run the ball? Right. Teams who are built to run the ball, again, when you hear this on broadcast, oh, well, they're down big now. They're not necessarily built to, for a comeback. It's because, yes, we know you have a quarterback and wide receivers. You can pass the ball, but that's not what you do. And because right. you don't do it frequently enough, you don't do it well. Auburn is in a similar position here. It's not that we can't score because when we have played at, at pace or against some of the teams that we blew them out, we actually scored more points than I expected yeah. us to. Even, even in some of our losses this season, we scored 70-some points, right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we can score. That's we not can score. Yeah. I don't think that that's going to be our issue. Um, I, I, I would hope that the first half against Arkansas would be kind of the, the warning bell for mm-hmm. these guys because I don't, I don't think we— our ability to come back in that game was indicative of Arkansas not being necessarily the better team. I think they played a much yeah, better no. first half, and that created the gap that we just could not close. And that's pretty much how that game went. But Auburn can't afford... I don't think we can get down to this team big. Now, I, they'll let you come back in the game, just like most high-scoring teams do, because yeah, and, they And, and Iowa so has quickly. had a propensity to do that against better teams, is to build these right. leads, and then they squander them, right? Right. So, definitely so, can. The worst thing that I think we can do against a team that scores a lot and is comfortable scoring a lot is let them get hot early. Early, yep. They they can't get comf- They can't get their feet set and be like, oh, we out here scoring, let's just score. No, no, like that's... That's the worst case scenario. You don't want to let a team that is used to scoring get comfortable in that game early. You have to make it so rocky for them and so difficult to run what they want to run, find the shots that they want to find. Now, they'll score some buckets because they're a basketball team, too, similar to what we did to Missouri, right? Mm -hmm. Missouri wants to score. Okay, well, you're not. You know you're not, though, right? And that gap was insurmountable once we got up big on Missouri because we will defend well and we will keep you it's, listen, we're going to start 0-0. Zero, zero, you got a shot. If we're going to start 20-0, you, you're done because yeah. you don't defend well enough to hold us down for an entire half or for an entire game. So we have to control it early. We don't even have to get up big early. That would decide the game, I think. If we were to get a 20-point lead in the first half against this Iowa team, yes, I think that spells victory. If we are just in this game, up by five, down by five, up by seven or eight, down by seven or eight, that's fine. We should still be in control of this game because I do believe whatever action Iowa might be able to find in a first half that's working. Listen, we've come out in second halves and been decidedly better, all yeah. except for Kentucky. Kentucky being the one exception. We've come out second halves and defended much better, focused much better. Um, we had a better rebounding game second half against Arkansas. We, just, we played better in second halves, and that's fine. But we can't give up the ghost entirely in the first half of this game. Yeah, I think that's the, the the you you hit it the nail on the head is not letting them get offensive confidence early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you take their will away offensively and they find it, even if they're like here's the thing, even if they're making tough buckets early, mm-hmm. you just can't let them get easy buckets early right. and let them start to feel confidence in that. You right. want everything to feel tough, and if they make it, they feel like oh man, like. I don't even know how I made that shot. Or they get overconfident in their ability to make tough shots Mm -hmm. that when it stops falling like that in the second half, 
you have your ability to claw back into games as you have done over and over again. Signs maybe two games this season, Kentucky being one of them, or right. maybe like the Georgia game where it felt like wire to wire, we just weren't in that game. Right. Um, well, even early Kentucky, we actually played really well, but still, second half Kentucky, it was it was terrible. Um, yeah. But you you want to put keep yourself in striking distance if they are scoring early, so that when they do eventually hit that streak of not being able to score, which they have done mm-hmm. over and over throughout this season, that's when you make your push and you start to assert yourself defensively. But again, I think that the thing is is you just can't let them start to get up and down the floor and transition on you. You want to make sure that you're getting back and make them play a half-court game. You can push the tempo offensively if you want to, as long as you're getting quality shots. But defensively, you just got to get back. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by. Become a member and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Here on the morning drop, we want to hear from you all. So we're going to head to the comment section to see how you all are feeling this morning regarding Auburn versus Iowa. First round NCAA tournament right here. In the great state of Alabama, Birmingham, BJCC, right down the road. And <laughs> I, I know you guys were wondering, yes, your boys were approved for the media credentials. I will be <laughs> in the building covering this game. It's time to get to it, man. But let's go and start it off with Frozen Heart Gaming says, having followed Auburn basketball for decades, I'm loving that this type of season is what we think is a down year. It's refreshing. Listen, refreshing. Yeah, <laughs> for real. It's good to feel like making tw- you know winning twenty games in uh, a ninth seed in the tournament is like ah oh, man, we should have done so much better. We're better than this Auburn. Yeah, I think it's a little premature to have those type of expectations for a team, but it's good that people feel that way. I just I hate when it goes into this very negative space of we suck and we should have yeah. been an NIT team. This team, it's, it's almost as if if you're not built to win a championship, you just suck. And it's like, there's a big gap between those yeah, two man. ideas, people. Yeah. Like, let's let's calm down a little bit. Yeah. But listen, I understand. Fans, man, people just going to do what they do. Uh, Michael Carlisle jumps in. The fact that Auburn fans are complaining about a team that has made the show is the best measure of what Coach Bruce Pearl has done here. Increasing the confidence of the fan base and what the, the the fan expectation is definitely something a coach wants to do. It, it, I will say this, and we, we've seen this with coaches for years who have dealt with tremendous fan expectation. It gets a little wearying, though. It does, because you start to deal with a lot of negative pressure from fans due to their entitlement, right? Like, right. We, see it, we see it with the team in Tuscaloosa all the time in football. Mm-hmm. Their coach gets to the on, kicker. Yeah, I mean, but their coach will have to get on the podium defending his guys because they won 10 games that season instead of going undefeated yeah. and people losing their minds like, oh, the dynasty is done. And it's like, look, man, these kids play hard. Calm down, dog. They yeah. had a good season. Yeah. Are you guys yeah. being for real? They are. Yeah. I mean, perspective is is 
a, a great thing and also a terrible thing if your perspective is that I, my team should win everything all the time because you pretty were close, pretty close to that actually happening. So we we had a miraculous run with Bruce for a minute. I I think it's fair to say if you stamp not not just the 2019 year but the 2018 year where we went. One person was hurt. I think it was Dunbar was hurt. And so we got bouncing around the 32. That team and that experience came back and had a miraculous run. And the only thing that stopped us was a, a bad the 2021, ref call. In 2020, season with Jabari and Walker Kessler, then we back at the forefront and we're and number in one. But there were a lot of years that there was where a player not there was not the basketball so, reasons why we didn't get to advance. It's like, yeah, the NCAA keeps our, our five-star point guard out. We know why that season goes like that. And we were going to forego that postseason anyway to you know make sure we were good with all, every, all the NCAA stuff. Bruce has, between 2019 and 2022, when he's had a full deck, and a full season, we make noise over, we had reached a new height. And I get why this is the first year where there was nothing holding us back and we didn't get that. And I I understand that disappointment, but you also have to look, what did we have to work with? Right. What was in the, the cupboard? What was, what, what was our hand that was dealt? Bruce said, all right, this is our hand. Let's go. I got to build these guys up. I have to improve and develop these guys that I have because, hey, this is not a lost season. These yeah. guys have gotten better. KD Johnson has got I I was very bearish on KD last year. Very bearish because of how that season ended. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's remarkable the type of game he had year over year in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Go from that yeah. Texas A&M game to the game that he had on, on, on Thursday. Night Listen, and day. If KD shows up like that against Iowa, Man. and we get any form of Jay Will that we've had Previous to le- that game this season, mm-hmm. we might run them out of the building. Yeah, it's possible. We we might run them out the because KD is that much of a spark plug, and Jay Will is yeah. that much of a stabilizing force. Yes. If you get those two things working for you, I mean, now again, there's a lot of other combinations that have to happen. Alan Flanagan still needs to play Will. We yeah. can't have Wendell Green turning the ball over a lot or forcing a bunch of bad shots. But if all things staying the same and from Arkansas and Jay Will plays a little bit better offensively. Hey, Listen, man, we, we, and very quietly, very quietly, Alan Flanagan has been hooping, hooping. these last few weeks. That, I know we talk, he, everybody he, he's wants playing to playing like he, he feels disrespected right now. And I've been waiting for this Flanagan for a minute. Yes, as have I. Um, KD, I know the season was probably humbling for him. Yeah. With what, what happened to him, he had to get benched and he came back limited minutes. I think that worked. That's a bit of coaching that won't actually get the the the, the spotlight. It will be about what the end of games have been. To turn KD from what looked like a net negative with his plus minus, the turnovers, the mm-hmm. missed shots and how poor he was shooting, to what KD has been the last couple of weeks, coaching coaching man it's yeah. it's been a process and now we have somewhat of a foundation for next year because yeah if we want to bring more talent in we're going to get younger mm-hmm. we're going to get younger we're going to lose a lot of experience after the season i hope people realize that this type of season a lot of these players have have made some astronomical leaps and it's going to pay dividends for them and us going forward yeah, I, I, I'm I'm loving the maturation I'm seeing out of Katie Johnson, and I am loving the fire that I'm seeing out, out of Alan Flanagan. That doesn't that's not to say that both of those guys don't have moments in the game where you're like, yo, what was that? Like, what was yeah. that shot? What was that turnover? Like, they're gonna do that. There is literally no player that 
marches through games and just all of a sudden becomes impervious to making mistakes. But they have turned from what I would have thought were net negatives for mm-hmm. the impact on the game to mm-hmm. very much net positives. Yes. Like you you yes. accept some of the stuff that they do negatively because you think of the impact that they're going to make positively. And they have been net positives for me over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they have. Uh, P-Pass, as a retort to me talking about how good I felt like Missouri was this season, says we ran Missouri off of the court. We absolutely did, and that was a quality team. So that should show you the capabilities of an Auburn basketball team to run a quality team off the floor. Uh, Marcus Holland jumps in. Is there a TWR bracket challenge group this year? I don't know. I let Mike G handle that kind of stuff. B. Will, maybe want to jump in on that. you have any thoughts about doing a bracket mm, challenge? Listen, I want no parts of it. This has been the worst... Betting college basketball February and March since I started sports betting in like 2011. It has been wild. It was a couple weeks ago, man, where I went like 07 on the Saturday. And it's not just like I'm going to go. I go with my heart. I go with my head. And then I do all my research. All right, so what are the experts picking? What are the, the plus minuses? Well, who's got the paint matchup that says that they should win this game? And everybody was just whiffing. I was like, man, what is... There's so much parity. Teams are evenly matched up. And that's something... Maybe that's a future conversation we could talk about. How the the transfer portal in basketball is not making the rich richer. It's actually evening things out. Mm-hmm. Probably because you can go anywhere and make a tournament run. The postseason is accessible, so there's less uh, need to go to one of the top-tier teams to make a postseason pushing the spotlight on you. But... Teams from anywhere can have great seasons. You can get in the tournament. You can be in the power five, but just be like the, the fourth best team in that, in that conference and still make some good progress. It has been crazy. I want no parts, none <laughs> of trying to pick anything with this tournament. I am a spectator. I am rooting for Auburn and that's all I'm doing this year. All right. Well, I, I'll ask Mike. He was the one who pioneered that last year. We'll see what's up on that. Uh, Michael Carlisle jumps in. Anyone know if Neville arena will be open for viewing the game Thursday? I do they not usually do that. For that they, but yes, they usually it's usually going to happen. There is yeah. a press conference today, um, and so I believe that Mike is going to be at that conference today for um, basketball. And maybe we'll sneak that question in if uh, if Coach Pro does not address it outright at the beginning of the presser. But we will find out that information and disseminate it to the, those of you who need it appropriately. Actually, I could probably just email Marlene and see what's up. Um, Ben Bloodworth says, I'm still trying to figure out what happened to us during the first UGA game. That's the only loss that makes no sense to me. Uh, You're not wrong. Uh, We played terrible against a bad team and lost to them. Uh, I don't have a real good explanation about that game either. Um, That's another game. So Georgia is is similar to what we just said about Iowa, a team that can score. Mm -hmm. And if you give them confidence early, they'll just continue to score. Right. And so that's kind of what happened in that Georgia game. We didn't play particularly great offense early. Georgia was scoring the ball early, got getting a lot of easy buckets. And then the rim just looked enormous and they just kept scoring. Yeah. That that's a cautionary tale for Iowa, which is can't come out here and not match the other team's intensity, specifically on the defensive end, and think that, oh, we'll just pick it up. Come out there, play well defensively early, and make them feel your presence early. Um, And you can go out there and win that game. Um, Northwestern, 
Um, speaking of common teams, Northwestern, great defensive team, got blown out by Iowa in their first matchup. Conversely, mm-hmm. they played again. Northwestern blew out Iowa. Like they, the, yeah. both of them were like twenty point games, right? Okay. So yeah. there, there's a lot of parity into how Iowa can play. If you let them get confidence in scoring, they can just keep scoring on you. But yeah. if you play good defense on them and you break their will early, it's difficult for them to come back in games, even though they're a good scoring team. Right. Because a lot of what they do, it's like um, Coach um, Malzahn in, uh, in his offenses, right? Like when he's mm-hmm. cranking, it's like impossible to stop him. But when you shut him down, it's yeah. almost as if the offense doesn't work at all. And you're just like, how is this the same offense that just put up 50 last week? Yeah, and It's because solid defensive effort, sh- shutting down the stuff that you like to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't Taking know how to pivot to something button. else. Yeah. What else am I come up with? I ain't got nothing else. That was my trick. You, you beat yeah. my trick. <laughs> I'm done. Whoop that trick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James Barnett. Uh, fellas, I just want these people who said we were NIT bound along with all the other negative comments to keep that same energy throughout. I, I want them to right. apologize. I don't want them to keep that same energy. I want you to come back and say, you know what? I was, I'm sorry. But you know what? A lot of those people are still keeping that energy and saying, we didn't deserve to be there. This is an NIT team. We're going to get bounced in the first round there and embarrassed. Like, it's 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 persisting. And so yeah. the team is just going to have to prove them wrong at this yeah. point, which is, I mean, it's they can. Sem- semi-fair, right? Like, you earned some criticism for, for the play yeah. that you've had. Um, but I just think that those young men deserve a lot of credit for continuing to play well, 20 wins in the season, mm-hmm. and then they got the berth. Let them go out there and do their thing. Support them. Yeah. Habersham Jim says, uh, hey, the ladies made it to the women's NIT. Let's support the Lady Tigers or Tigerettes. Um, yes, women's basketball team did get an invitation to the NIT. The uh, seating for that is supposed to be coming out today, if I'm not mistaken. The men's okay. NIT, I think, dropped already. I'm not sure if the women's has yet. I'll, I'll go back and verify that. Uh, but the, if, for those who are not aware of how the NIT works, it's not a regional regional tournament type of things. It's literally a home-and-home home tournament. Mm-hmm. So uh, if Auburn is the higher-ranked seed, then they'll host it, mm-hmm. um, which I do believe they have an opportunity to be a higher-ranked team and, and possibly host. So if you are a fan of the women's basketball team, please show up. If it's uh, in a town near you and it's not in Neville Arena, please show up there to support those women. They have done... Coach Harris, props to her, uh, had an opportunity to talk with her on Building Rapport. An amazing job so far in this season, going from a team that won no conference games right, and a team that could not win games, period, when she first got there, to last year getting a couple of big wins, upsets, to this year doing what they did this season. Great trajectory, great progression for the mm-hmm. women's basketball team. She's really a great recruiter, so we're, we're going to see more talent start to come into that team. She's very confident with the plan that she has going on. Looking forward to seeing the women's basketball team continue to make strides under Coach Harris. Yeah. Uh, CM Pat 1996 says, close out games. That's the, assess- that, that's the assignment. Been the assignment. Yeah. Yeah, Listen, it is. It is. That's mm. the biggest thing for this team. Uh, that That's the one number I didn't tweet out last night because it was disgusting for me to look at. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, let, me, let, me, let me go look at this again. I didn't. So again, when I looked at the numbers that I put together, I was only looking at games in which we played other tournament-bound teams, right? So okay. uh, for tournament-qualified opponents, Auburn is 3-8 and eight in those games. 
decided by 10 points or less. Three and eight mm. in games decided by 10 points or less against teams headed to the tournament, right? So we played 17 of them. 11 of those 17 were decided by 10 points or less. Auburn only won three of those games. Conversely, Iowa played four games with a margin of 10 points or less, all of which were five points or less, and they were even in those games, two and two. So um, kind of a, a coin flip on Iowa as to whether or not they can close out. It's pretty clear that Auburn has had trouble closing out close, ga- close right. games against tournament right. opponents, though. Right. So saying that to say, you have a better chance if you're Auburn of handling business early and not trying to make this a close contest late. Because you yeah. just haven't done that well this season. Maybe they can do it. Maybe those three games gave them an opportunity, or maybe these multiple bites at it. They've said, hey, uh, you know, we've gotten better at closing out games, and, you know, late in the season, Tennessee late. Uh, you know, they actually looked, it looked bad for Arkansas at one point in time, and they came back to make that a close game. Right. So, you know, didn't close it out at the end, but did actually grab. This is one of the few times in one of those close games. Late in the game, under a minute left in the game, Auburn went up and grabbed a lead in that game, right? Right, right. So maybe not the result you want as far as the win or loss, but still showing progress late game because all of those other games that I'm talking about, those other eight games, we got closer to those teams, but we never pulled back into the lead against any of them. Right, right. And so again— you look at those things and people are like, oh, Auburn. So it's like, you got to you gotta pull back a little bit and understand where progress is being made. And maybe that's just a fan in me wanting to find hope in things, but it's a reality at the same time, whether we want to accept that reality or not. Our improvement did not come with more wins. And I mm-hmm. think that's what, that's what frustrates everybody. But we have been getting better at everything that we were terrible at. We've been getting better. Our, our shooting, our outside shooting has improved. Our turnovers have improved. Our ability to to narrow the gap. Like, we didn't really do much to, to close the gap against Kentucky. Some of that is Kentucky. No. They were just yeah. playing really well. But listen, man, we fought back against Bama. We, um, well, the first game against Bama, the second game against Bama, we, we had a lead. Like, yeah. listen, we've been playing well, but yes, closing the game and getting that final shot, that final possession, um, that has been the deciding factor. And then t- to your point, I... I think you said this in the Slack when we were talking about the Arkansas game. We, it wasn't just about the last possession where KD got the, 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 he couldn't get the shot off and then Wendell didn't make the shot. The, the possession before that, mm-hmm. Wendell drove down, got in the lane, and, and, his, and turned the ball over. That was the possession. Yeah. That was that possession. Yeah, that was our opportunity right there to really seal that game is to yes. go get a quality shot on that position. Yes. And then go play it, and then go get another stop to win the game. You score on that one, and then you get a stop. You likely win because we had held them down defensively that that entire half. We yeah. we stood a very good Nick chance. Is, uh, is he he got buckets when they absolutely cold. needed it. <laughs> that boy is he, cold. He got buckets when they absolutely needed it. Yeah, but yeah. So it's it's not just been about the last shot, and that's what I want people to realize. It's been about. I think there's fair criticism about wins decision making when the game is tight. And it's not just about whether or not he hits the shot. It's decision-making when the game is tight. What's the best possession for us to get, the easiest shot for us to get? And hopefully Bruce can nail that down here with the last, uh, our our little tournament run that we can make. Haley jumps in and says, I pray Wendell has a short-term memory and shakes it off, uh, uh, shakes off last week very quickly. He seemed to have a short memory all season, man. He'll bounce back from bad games and come back and have a good one. I think a lot of that has to do with just what happens in the flow of games 
Um, and and whether or not Auburn is is scoring, if 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 Auburn is scoring and Wendell can just kind of play a little bit more free, he mm. plays well. When it gets tight, I think he tightens up a little bit. Mm. Um, so you know, hopefully he'll be able to shake that off. Couple more here. Uh, Stuart Donald says, I wish people would remember that the true joy in watching college sports is watching young men and women grow into their potential. In those regards, this was a good season. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And and I, I I find some more, how much I get more joy? I want to win. We want to win. The kids want to win. The coaches want to win. We The fan base wants to see our team win. But yes, it does feel good to say, you know what, KD, I wasn't I wasn't high on KD after last year, but man, I am really appreciating how he's been um and how his this season has has panned out for him, how Alan Flanagan has been balling here lately. Um, how well we saw I, I wish we Trey Donaldson started to come on in, in his role when he got minutes. I like to see guys progress and get better. That's the true hallmark of great coaching, in my opinion. And that's something that will keep our program healthy for the duration of Bruce's tenure. Um, it's really good to see those guys get better. And hopefully they have good experiences that can get them to the next level. Hopefully that progression can, can pay dividends for them going forward. Last one here from Corey Weber says, Ike, should we be interested in Breakfield? This is the guy who just announced that he is going to be transferring from Ole Miss. Absolutely should be interested in that young man because he is like six seven six eight, and he can step out and shoot the three. And he plays with good effort on the defensive end. This is a guy that you want on your squad. And if we are going to lose potentially Jalen Williams in this offseason, potentially Alan Flanagan in this offseason, mm-hmm. he would be a good guy to step in and be able to provide that. But we are out of here until next time. And as always, War Eagle. Peace. War Eagle. <laughs>